Welcome back to Reporter's Diary and I'm your host Gitanjali Dwaka. Most often reporters are said to be mere storytellers. That isn't true. A reporter is often the liaison between the one who becomes the story and the one who listens to the story. Most often reporters are entrusted with the task of recording the rise and fall of greatness. Today we will be speaking with yet another veteran journalist. K. Giri Prakash has been associated with the business line for over two decades. During his term with the publication, he has also reported on many controversial stories, including the rise and fall of Kingfisher, as well as its owner, Vijay Malaya. His experiences were very interesting. And in today's discussion, he tells us more about what it took for him to get this far and what aspiring journalists should focus on in the days ahead. Thank you, Giri Prakash, for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure to have you on our show. Can you tell us briefly as to how you started out with Business Line? I was at Business Standard uh, before joining Business Line. And we launched the Bangalore edition of Business Standard. Uh, and I was there between 98 and 2003. Before 98, I was in Delhi. So this opportunity came up for me in uh, Business Line. I was very keen to uh, cover aviation and automobile industries and that was booming at that time so so i got that opportunity and joined business line so from, we remember bangalore as a very quiet quaint peaceful non-polluted area from that to what it is today how has that transition been so far it still rains very heavily in bangalore <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know what environment has done but i know that uh you want to uh, take out your family in the evening, there is this rain, which is always a challenge. <laughs> it, it used to happen when I used to travel from Delhi to Bangalore and uh, my uncles and aunts would want to take me out uh, to the to the shops and all that and we would just sit at home. Yeah, but <laughs> if you're looking at, uh, on, on the other side, when you see Bangalore is now the world's most popular, one among the world's most popular IT hubs from that quiet place, which had some activity. How, how do you think that has, you know, sort of changed industry at large as far as India is concerned? How has Bangalore, what is Bangalore's contribution be to so There was India always industry? this huge potential that Bangalore had. It, it just that it realized its potential, unlike other cities which haven't realized the potential. Okay. You know, so the IT hub was waiting to happen. Why? Because of huge talent uh, there, you know, the engineering colleges and Bangalore uh, already existed. The, the, the public sector undertakings were already existed. Hmm. And uh, innovation, um, cutting at technology, and Indian stuff, science, and all that was happening all the time. We also had Infosys and Bipro that finally came in, didn't we? Like, yeah, so, so, so there was really talent out there. So there was no other option. For example, Texas Instruments came to Bangalore and uh, it was supposed to go to Chennai, but somehow uh, because of the politicians here, they managed to get them here. And they, they, the, they, so some, this, the chief minister said, there's this huge land out there in Whitefield. Go ahead and build your own, uh, uh, you know, technology center there. And they found ready talent. They could just go to any of the campuses and get that talent. So I think it was so, equipped for this sort of growth for technology. Yeah, because, you, don't, you don't find that in any other uh, cities. Okay. It was this huge talent pool that exists that exists in Bangalore. It only exists in Bangalore. Okay. Because of the culture of uh, very good education here, yeah. mm. uh, and uh, South India being a far less, there are far less aggressive uh, people, and you know, they 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 are not uh, businessmen at heart. 
yeah very middle class yeah they they want to be employed rather than be employers Correct. now you can't you can't find that in a bombay or a delhi where yeah. where entrepreneurship is uh, uh, overrides everything else right right, right. so here uh, all these things uh, actually uh, existed and helped a lot of companies to start uh, um, you know recruiting them hiring them if you look at the aviation sector particularly there have always been multiple issues like you if you've seen what has happened to jet airways um kingfisher and air decan had to build due to their space, to the space and we've also seen how jet fuel prices have also had an impact on the sector as well what do you think um could be a favorable solution to an issue such as this you can't do much about uh, fuel prices it not only affects uh, indian aviation sector indian um, domestic airlines but also uh, international airlines um, so nothing much can be done about it but what the government can do is that um, uh, realize the potential of the airline sector and see to it that the uh, the uh, aviation turbine fuel Mm-hmm. the taxes are uh, now should be part of the gst mm-hmm. uh, that, that that's something that they should do that and uh, should actually lower the taxes if you lower the taxes a if you see that uh, uh, each each city or like say each metro has another uh, airport which is exclusively exclusively for the uh, low low fare airlines uh, with um, landing charges with a whole lot of uh, airport charges and stuff like that at a far lower uh, uh, you know priced or lower rates uh, there will be a real boom uh, in the airline sector how much can the railways or how much can the uh, the, the vehicle industry can take that kind of load uh, airline sector will actually lead to far more economic growth it will revive a whole lot of airports which are which are there for example in smaller towns and all that it's just that uh, uh, no plane comes by there so uh, giri sam so sorry but we might have to re-record a particular portion of our discussion because i think the framing was a little wrong mm-hmm. is that okay with you yeah 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 so uh, actually the part that we'll have to probably re-record is your introduction as to how you started out at business line and mm-hmm. um how you transition from it to aviation we can do that towards the end that's fine right okay yeah yeah so when you mentioned kingfisher we have the ever um, popular story related to vijay malaya and if i'm not mistaken that particular you followed it up closely and it, it was eventually uh, even converted into a, an episode of a particular uh, television series if i'm not mistaken so no, no, i i actually wrote a book Huh, huh. and that, that is now being uh, made into a web series on one of the ott platforms excellent so uh, can you tell us a bit about that as to what sort of challenges you faced in the bargain like when you were uh, you know following up the story what is it that really drove you to just you know keep a close tab of the whole issue so when i was in delhi um, i used to work with pioneer at that time and then uh, um, i was handed over this uh, aviation sector when was, when was this in, uh, in 95 96 okay uh, i was um, uh, so somebody quit in the pioneer and the, that person was doing the aviation sector mm-hmm. so i came in and they gave me that uh, thing <laughs> okay uh, that 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 sector so i started following it 
Uh-huh. There was a time when the there was a, the, the government launched the open skies policy, allowing a lot of uh, private private sector participation in the airline industry. Mm-hmm. So, Jet Airways, Damania, East West Airlines, all of them were launched at that time. So I was sort of I was there at that time, and there were two different airlines as far as the national uh, flag carriers were concerned: uh, Indian uh-huh. Airlines and Air India. Yeah. So uh, right from the beginning, uh, I, I was sort of tracked that mm-hmm. and then I joined Reuters and uh, I was uh, I think the they, they, they had a position for an airline uh, specialist okay. so for the first time uh, Reuters decided to have one so I was uh, uh, part of that as well uh, so tracked uh, the aviation sector the domestic aviation sector for the international uh, audience then I came to Bangalore mm-hmm. and uh, obviously the my editors uh, wanted me to continue with that mm-hmm. and this is standard and uh, yeah, IT was there and you had to cover it. You know? So it's like, it's not, like you couldn't, uh, you know, it was there, right, right there in front of you and you had to cover it. Mm-hmm. So that, that was part of it. But then when I came to, when I transitioned to business line, I was only doing automobile and uh, airlines. Mm-hmm. No, but the, the fact of the matter is an issue such as the Kingfisher Airlines, Vijay Malaya, they- you know, uh, heated topics. People really wanted to know what's happening, why it happened, especially when Kingfisher had started out in a very nice way. I remember people saying Kingfisher, as in the tagline of Kingfisher is like your home or something on those lines. So from that to, you know, what it is today where you know, there are there are uh, stories of cases that cease, that cease to end. How, I mean, how has that experience been, to be very honest? Kingfisher uh, Airlines, um, you know, it, it has everything to do with uh, Malia's uh, flamboyance, right? Okay. He got big uh, and uh, he wanted, uh, 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 I mean, he, he had the heart in the right place. Uh, let me put it that way. <laughs> when you say heart in the right place, what, what, what do you mean by that? What, what I meant was that, you know, he... Uh, uh, through him came out the pers- through him came out the personality of Kingfisher Airlines as well. Like in a sense, whatever he was, uh, one could see it in King- Kingfisher Airlines. But isn't it kind of ironic that now that he is not there, Kingfisher also isn't there? And it, it's it's sort of like a how do you say? It, it's kind of like a pretty sad ending to a very happy tale. Yeah, that's Vijay Malia. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had an opportunity? I mean, have you ever had an opportunity to interact with him? You know, amidst all the confusion. Oh yeah, I sort of I know him. I know him very well, actually. I know him very well. I've uh, spent a lot of time with him. Series of interviews. I I remember uh, the UBCD uh, when uh, <clears throat> they announced. Uh, a change of guard for the RCB, Kumble uh, mm-hmm. to as a captain. Mm-hmm. So we had this uh, uh, press conference at uh, UBCD at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. So this man turns up at uh, around 8.39, mm-hmm. uh, as usual. Uh, and uh, <coughs> and uh, uh, then he announced to everybody and uh, all, all that happened. Then he called me and said, uh, let's have a chat. And uh, this was at 12 o'clock in the night. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I had to call up my wife and tell her. <laughs> <laughs> I think 
So, so you're saying as a personality, he was very. I mean, you had fun covering the whole story. To me, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was. I mean, we he. Uh, it was a virtual monologue till three a.m. in the morning. Wow. Till okay. three, and he he drinks like uh, he. It looks like uh, he has got a uh, a stomach. Uh, uh, and it's like a stomach with steel. You know, it's. I mean, <laughs> it keeps going in, going in. He smokes and drinks and smokes and drinks and. uh the entire room is full of smoke and uh, all that you know it's like uh, uh he's that kind of a guy and uh, he's uh, he speaks a lot and he talked talked about the strategy for king fisher airlines about rcb and stuff like that i i mean this uh, this is one of the memories of uh, but were there any challenges what were the challenges that you had to face when you were covering a story especially when the whole story went you know not in favor of malia malia was next there was malia in the uk there was malia who was wanted by authorities in india How, what were the challenges that you faced when you had to take it to the next stage I, uh, the the challenge was that you felt sorry for him at one level mm-hmm. uh, at the same time it's like a it's like a greek tragedy playing out You know, Greek tragedy mm-hmm. is about how you actually build up the whole thing and then bring it down yourself. You know, so something like that. Uh, it 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 ended up like that. It, so, uh, so you're saying that you were there when it all started, and you were like the person, and then suddenly when it collapsed, it was your job again to tell the world it's collapsing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made uh, real big big blunders. He should have never bought uh, uh, Air Deccan. And Captain Gopinath should have never sold Air Deccan. Why so, do you think they shouldn't have? uh so i mean air deccan shouldn't have been bought by kingfisher uh it's like a luxury brand uh by buying uh, uh <clears throat> a very uh, uh uh you know very common but popular kind of uh, uh brand which is which is like say uh more for the common band than for uh, its uh, positioning is quite different right mm-hmm. so when you you know the, the, the everything about the business is that you should be able to handle uh, a portfolio which you are good at mm-hmm. but if you are able to if you if you if you buy something uh, which is common place which is for the popular segment which is for the common man and then include it as part of your Uh, portfolio which only consists of luxury bands mm. what happens is that you don't understand that culture at all mm, mm, mm. don't understand that culture <clears throat> and and therefore it becomes much more difficult for you to actually manage the whole thing uh, the, the entire uh, product portfolio and at some level one starts getting eating eating into the other mm, mm, okay mm. uh then 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 uh, then that's exactly what happened with uh, kingfisher and, uh, and air deccan you know uh, there was a whole lot of confusion he initially decided that he will have two airlines one low fare mm-hmm. and another uh, uh, you know full service carrier right it's like mm-hmm. vistara and say spicejet or an indigo mm-hmm. okay they are at different price points correct okay. right they are at different price points and they should be allowed to be at different price points unfortunately for him what happened was the the fuel prices went up at that time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then there were other airlines which started competing for example indigo started competing mm-hmm. in the same space mm-hmm. so what is the problem with the aviation industry in india it's that 
you could be low cost but you still have to pay the same amount of money that a, a full fledged career has to pay when yeah. it comes to landing it comes to airport charges and stuff like that Mm. All right. So you have to be very careful how you manage your finances, and for a luxury brand, um, it's very difficult to even understand how the uh, the, the, the 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 way the, uh, the the sector works. Mm. You know? And what did he do? He decided that he had enough of it, and uh, he merged both the. Uh, he initially uh, he brought down the airfares of uh, Kingfisher Airlines. to compete with the likes of jet which had sahara and you know jet light and uh, indigo and all that so okay. people people thought that why would why should i uh, so people who were in deccan air deccan who i mean the, the passengers who were uh, uh, who were buying tickets of air deccan started going towards kingfisher airlines because it was offering a lot of other things in terms okay. of uh, bigger seat bigger seat you know higher seat pitch and uh, a whole lot of other goodies at the same level as that of an air decan mm, mm, mm. he started losing out there so then he decided that he merged both <laughs> yeah so he he initially called air decan as kingfisher red that mm. was another big blunder then he merged both of them and, and then he had this then he did a reverse merger in terms of uh, uh, going public uh because uh, at that time there was a rule that uh, any airline which has completed 5 years uh can uh, um uh, fly international routes mm-hmm. so so he went and he went and merged he did a reverse merger which allowed him to fly international routes and you know international routes when you fly you you better be very good at it because uh, the whole lot of other factors kick in for example time and all that and british airways out of the blue suddenly decided to reduce fares for india mm-hmm. it is british airways which is doing it it can take that kind of uh, loss but kingfisher airline still a very new airline it had bought a, a airline for 1000 uh, crores and it had losses of around 1000 crores imagine a 1000 crore loss and a 1000 crore loss it doesn't cancel each other it yeah. reaches 2000 crore yeah that's right so what do you do with, with these kind of uh, issues so so obviously um they had to withdraw the loot uh, the the london uh, bangalore uh, colombo route mm-hmm. and uh, they had to slowly withdraw uh, the flights to uh, the us and when they started doing that they, they they were in big trouble they they lost a lot of money even though the the government of india came out with a one time uh, rejig of its finances mm-hmm. I mean, the government did try to do its best, but then finally, uh, the the funding agencies like the uh, banks, for example, SBI-led consortium of banks, mm-hmm. they had to close the tap. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it had no, it had made no profit at all, so it had no money of its own. Mm-hmm. And uh, this man had actually pledged all his individual personal shares. to 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 uh, uh, you know to raise funds correct so he was losing out on all fronts he was losing out on mcf he was losing out on united breweries united spirits very well run uh, you know elica companies and they had set new standards and uh, he was not able to pump in that kind of money and he uh, his his uh, he he could not get out of that uh, whirlpool 
Mm-hmm. That led to not just the collapse of Kingfisher Airlines, it led to the collapse of the entire business. Today, mm-hmm. United Spirits is with Diageo, mm-hmm. uh, United Breweries is with uh, Heineken, and they are foreign companies, they are multi- foreign multinationals who own these companies. But now that you've, now you've told, as you've said, that these are now have come under foreign companies, has this, act- has this episode actually changed? Um, the Indian industry per se? I think it's an individual journey. You know, the, uh, after that, jet airways collapse. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. Um, along the way, the regional airlines collapsed. There are quite a few regional airlines. Began, mm. For example, they all collapsed. Um, uh, Degen, uh, Captain Gopinath started something called Degen 360, a logistic uh, uh, company. And he started his own regional airline uh, called Air Deccan in, say, Ahmedabad and Parisa and all that. Again collapsed. Deccan 360 collapsed. Um, so uh, there is nothing like uh, learning lessons. It's just that uh, you have to manage yourself. For example, SpiceJet yeah. has not done well at all, right? Yeah. Uh, it's a loss making. Indigo is loss making. Really, because of the because of the pandemic. I mean, I won't I won't mm. say that uh, on their own they right? But but you see, the, the the issue is not about what lessons are being learned. It's up to the government to learn these lessons. It's up what? to the government to see that uh, this kind of uh, model is not not sustainable for the industry. So it has to bring in a lot of other. Um, uh, other ways, you know, to see that it is sustainable. For that, the government should buy into this fact that yes, airline sector is very, very uh, important for the growth of the economy. Once that uh, thought process changes, then they will bring in a lot of other things. For example, they will see to it there is an, another low-cost uh, model uh, air- airport and uh, uh, the ATF is lesser for them, the airport charges are lesser for them. All these things have to be done by the government of India. If they but, bring in that, the aviation sector will do well. We even saw, on, recently, on we saw recently we even seen the, uh, we've seen Tata Sons acquiring uh, Air India and we've also seen the rise in number of green air, greenfield airports, so to speak. Have uh, what is your take on that? Do you think that's a wise move, or do you think that's just the, that's just a, the beginning of something uh, new? So, uh, Air India, uh, Tata Sons got Air India on a platter. That's the good part <clears throat> for Tata Sons. The challenge will be <clears throat> how do they go ahead and uh, utilize uh, that opportunity mm-hmm. uh, and, and actually do a good job of uh, Air India. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do they do with their uh, Air Asia India? What do they do with Vistara? Mm-hmm. They themselves are not uh, uh, doing well, mm-hmm. and uh, it is it is it is good to say that I have two airlines in my portfolio. But what do you have to show in terms of making them uh, in terms of making them uh, viable uh, options? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a track record of that? Uh, what about your other uh, uh, Tata Sun group companies apart from TCS? Are they doing well? Right? So all this comes into play. Uh, and then you have to, the thing with the airline industry is that you have to keep on pumping in money. Your, mm-hmm. your margins are 2%, 3% after 10 years. Mm-hmm. 
hey, you can expect good profits only after 10 years. So you're saying even when they come up with innovative ideas like greenfield airports or um, very eco-friendly airports, solar panels, etc. Do you think that's just, I mean, it's just part of the game. They have to keep pumping in money and they, they will just take a chance and see where the whole initiative goes. No, you know, as I, as I told you earlier, airports are all about management of costs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just the airline which have to be uh, uh, low cost. Even the airports have to be low cost. They should offer low cost options to low cost airlines. If that doesn't fit in, then it is very difficult for any airline which is a low cost to do well in India. Mm-hmm. That is the truth. It's better. It's for for the for the uh, for the uh, regulator to understand that. It's for the government of India to understand that. It's for the Ministry of Civil Aviation to understand that. You need a, a complete change in your uh, mindset. Okay. Only then the airline sector will in India will do well. What's the one story you've done um, so far for the business line that you truly truly enjoyed working on? Well, there are several of them, but I remember um, one Saturday afternoon when uh, there wasn't much work and, you know, we're all trying to uh, go back to our house uh, early. Uh, and I get a call from uh, the uh, Hindu resident editor in Bangalore. She tells me um, Hindu wants a comprehensive story on Kingfisher Alliance at Vijay Malia. So because I was doing the aviation sector here and... Uh, so I, I usually, I said, okay, fine. I dialed, dialed the, I, I got permission from my editors and all that. And I wrote that uh, piece. And uh, so I asked, what's the word length? They said, you can write as much as you want. And um, what happens is that uh, I filed that copy. Um, I had, uh, at that time, the current editor of Business Line, Raghushin was the business editor of uh, Hindu. Mm. And uh, he actually edited my copy and uh, he did a fantastic job. Uh, and there was uh, uh, Anjali, uh, Anjana Chandramoli, who, was, uh, who had worked in the desk earlier and mm. was part of my team in Business Line. And mm. she also um, edited the copy and really thankful to her for that. Uh, she's no longer... Uh, she no longer works for Business Line. So uh, their efforts and all that, I, I sent in the copy and uh, um, at around uh, 12 o'clock in a, uh, at midnight, I, I, they replayed the copy to me. And uh, it was fine with me. I really liked it because I had not done this long form kind of thing. And I forgot about it because I slept at one o'clock in the morning and I aramsi get up at 8.30 Sunday morning. And uh, there are some... 20 calls and 20 messages on my uh, mobile phone. <laughs> and uh, I'm so everybody is congratulating me and all that. So uh, I, I, I had not seen the paper at all because I was just waking up. <laughs> so I was wondering why are they congratulating me? Oh, fantastic story. So I looked through the <laughs> Hindu newspaper. I didn't find the story. I looked through business line. I didn't find the story. And I, so I was wondering, what are they congratulating me for and all that? Then someone called up and said, yeah, you lead, see the lead story of the Hindu. So because I usually, I mean, you would never expect the Hindu to take your story as the lead on Sunday. Mm, I mean, okay. I, had, I had conveniently forgotten to, to even... So you, you didn't even look at page one, you just went no, straight to page four or page yeah, five. I looked at the business pages. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
then I saw there, you know, splashed across and all that. Very good headline, very good uh, ending and all that. Um, <clears throat> it talked about, uh, um, I think the, end, the, the last paragraph was about how the um, uh, uh, whiskey on the rocks is fine, but Kingfisher Airlines on the rocks is not. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice catchy way of... Yeah, very witty, Yeah, it worked at that time. So, but, uh, but it was fine. And uh, uh, I mean, uh, it got so much of, it got a huge response and later Business Life uh, uh, published the same story mm-hmm. and uh, it got some real good response and finally the the internet desk had to stop the, the, the comments and all that at some point of time. But that led Penguin to call up the editor of Hindu and say that uh, we want this person to actually write a book. Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, I know I'm I'm one person who would have never thought of writing any book in my life, <laughs> and uh, then I was wondering how do I write a book? Yeah, <laughs> the the biggest story I've written is four fifty words. <laughs> so, and these guys are asking for eighty thousand words. How do you write that much? So how was it? How was it like writing a book about the whole Kingfisher episode? So I accepted uh, that, and um, uh, I accepted. I said, "Wow, good." My friends told me, well, yeah, you should plunge in, you should do it and all that. Ravir also said, yeah, go ahead and write it and all that stuff. So I said, great, I'll do it. Uh, I took the necessary permission from my editors at that time. And uh, <clears throat> then I approached uh, Vijay Malya. And Vijay Malya, he, he, he usually doesn't call uh, in, the waker, in the waking hours of a common man. He calls up at two o'clock in the morning. And mm-hmm. Suddenly there's a call. So that call could be because of an emergency situation at home <laughs> or it could be his call. Okay. So he call up at two o'clock and say, hi, Giri. <laughs> what are you doing at two o'clock? So and he'll, he'll call up and he'll say, Giri, uh, I don't think I would want to be associated with this book because I'm writing my own. And uh, imagine if I associate with your book, what will happen to my book? So I said, uh, Mr. Malia, you are writing a book. I am writing mine. How will that clash? I'm <laughs> okay. a journalist. You're a businessman. You're a big corporate kind of guy. And how? So he said, no, 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 no. Um, um, everything is done. It, it, it just needs to be uh, rewritten and all that. So I said, you write your book. I'll write mine. How does it matter? He mm-hmm. said, no, 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 Giri, it's not possible. Uh, and he said, if I if I don't accept it, none of my colleagues will also uh, agree to go ahead and uh, um, participate in your book. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, what do I do about it? Mm-hmm. But you see, the Kingfish, the book was not about Kingfisher Airlines. The book was about Malia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a difference, right? The book that, yeah, exactly. Okay. So therefore, you have to bring in United Spirits, you have to bring in United Cruise, you have to bring in his father and relatives, everybody around, right? Mm-hmm. That was the biggest, bigger challenge. Okay. Because the fact that a whole lot of things have happened before, even before I was born. Uh, a lot of things happened when I was in my teens mm-hmm. and uh, during emergency and all those kind of stuff, right? So finally, what happened? Um, <clears throat> plus, uh, Penguin had given me so less money that for me to travel around uh, would have, uh, you know, was very difficult for me. Mm-hmm. I, I was heading the edition in Bangalore 
and uh, therefore it for me to actually actually juggle around with all that was was a big problem mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, they were uh, my mother was uh, was uh, you know completely ill and you know she was like just a few months away from passing away and we we i, I had to i had to handle that and uh, it was it was uh, it was a real big challenge for me and then how do you a lot of thing lot of action to place in calcutta he's actually mm. his father is uh, even though he's a, uh, he's from karnataka but most of his activities happened in uh, calcutta okay and uh, he ha- he did his schooling in calcutta his mother was a mysorean settled down in calcutta oh okay all, right, all all those things are happening and a bit of bombay and all that mm-hmm. for you to spend a lot of time in calcutta and in bombay involved a lot of money mm-hmm. right you have to pay from your own pocket <laughs> okay that that is a big thing so and then how do you take leave here because that would mean you had to have somebody else handling the bureau right mm-hmm. that was not possible either um so i managed it i called up people in thing i i looked at all the old newspapers telegraph statesman and you know uh, finding a source is fine you know you have those newspapers and all that at the same time you have to see that it is authenticated by others correct correct so that was a problem a lot of them would not speak like say they'll say uh, okay fine i'll meet you at 4 o'clock at cafe coffee day and you go you land up there and they are not there mm mm-hmm. somebody has tipped them off Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there are funny things like say there was this character called mr talwar who uh, who was very big in the ub group and uh, i somehow managed to get his uh, number and uh, i spoke to him and said uh, uh, sir i want to speak to you about this i'm writing this book then he said uh, i'm sorry giri i can't tell you anything about it mm-hmm. okay. and he was like one key person out there okay he had seen the transition from vital mandya Vijayamalya's father to Vijayamalya, right? Now, what do you do? Then I try to convince him. But the funny part of that entire uh, exchange was, uh, he kept kept denying that he will speak to me, but spoke to me for two hours. <laughs> okay. How did that happen? <laughs> he kept telling me oh, a whole lot of information. I said, No, no, I don't want to speak to you. I don't want to speak to you. Was oh, so he denied that he was speaking at the same time? Okay. <laughs> so I didn't stop him from. Uh, why would you? You need the information. Why would you? As long as you give me information. So all those actually. Then they were, uh, then they were uh, other sources, <clears throat> um, whom whom I would refer as deep throat. <clears throat> you know, part of the. You know, I, I took that from the. Uh, the american scandal watergate scandal that happened mm-hmm. there was a deep deep throat who helped these two journalists right so they were deep throats as well they helped me a lot they um uh, whatever information i got i called them up and tried to see that they are they're exactly right and all that there were a lot of people in kingfisher airlines who helped me a lot and uh, they were um, uh, so everybody knew i was writing this book but at the same time a bit cagey about uh, disclosing their identities that was mm-hmm. fine with me um it was a struggle and uh, it was one of the first non fiction books to come out on the corporate sector mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so that way that way it helped me because uh, the the uh, 
the, the, the people who actually read the book, uh, I, I, I think they were very nice to me because they must have realized that uh, uh, there was a lot of curiosity around that. So a whole lot of blunders, mistakes, whatever that happened in that book uh, was overlooked to a large extent. Got some very good reviews and all that. And it opened up a new kind of thing. I, I, I used to be seen as an expert on Vijay Malia. So whatever that was happening on Vijay Malia, television channels would invite me and be part of the debate and all that. Uh, so that that really opened up those kind of opportunities for me as well. Um, so I I really enjoyed that journey, but at the same time, a bit overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I've never done this before. Um, but I must also admit there were there were journalists who are, who had a better knowledge uh, about the industry and about Vijay Malia than I did. But I was just fortunate enough to uh, get this just because of that article that I wrote. <clears throat> Giri Prakash, the, uh, last but not the least, what is it that uh, you'd like to say now that you know, you're going to be coming to the end of your innings with Business Line? What's the one thing that you would like to tell uh, aspiring journalists? in the days ahead, especially with a lot of digital technology coming in play and the game literally changing rapidly? What, what I know is that um, not just in journalism, but in any other profession, your fundamentals should be very strong. You should do your homework. And I, I try to do that as much as possible. Uh, so I assume uh, if your fundamentals are strong, you've done your homework well, uh, you're uh, already halfway through. What you're telling the person whom you're interviewing or when you're writing a story or a book or whatever it is, that person actually realizes that he's speaking to somebody who has knowledge about his domain. Mm-hmm. Then there is a there is a confidence kind of that, that buildup happens. When that happens, that the other person actually opens out because he realizes that it will not get misinterpreted. So what is the biggest fear that uh, the person... Uh, whom you're interviewing faces, he he has this big doubt whether the person whom I'm talking to understands the issue at all or not. He yeah. he he's, he he, rea- he realizes the uh, several challenges that come with it. Mm-hmm. Once he's at that comfortable zone, saying that yes, I am speaking to someone who's who understands the subject well, he will open up, and that that will lead to a far better interaction. Okay, most of the interactions are happens in two ways. One is off the record and another is on the record. But at the same time, the off the record conversation that happens is more. Correct. And he will open up only when he knows that the other person whom I'm talking to, the journalist whom I'm talking to, understands the subject. So mm-hmm. that's what I have learned over the years. If there's a takeaway in that, great. So do you think that digital media has sort of um, you know, changed the way in which storytelling is done? Yeah, I mean, you have to do everything fast. You have to, you have to compete with the rest of the, uh, the, the, the competition and all that stuff. You have far less time to, uh, to assimilate, right? Uh, mm-hmm. To understand the issue. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you need to do your hard work. So the homework is still the key to still any... The key right, because... Uh, Journalism is all about next morning or mm. on digital media. You get to know how good you are. Yeah. 
it's you uh, you are your best judge in this case uh, you know you you to the next i mean i'm talking of the print industry the next morning it tells you how good you are <laughs> there's competition you are editor yourself if you have committed a blunder <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, you know egg on your face that's it and the most unfortunate thing is you can't build on your uh, success Mm. your second uh, story has to be equally good or better so there's always room for better okay. so you have to be good uh, all the time and that's a big challenge every journalist faces thank you giri prakash for joining us today it's a real pleasure and wishing you all the very best for your future sure thank you very much